Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez. To my right is Aaron Keller, co-hosting. And we also have Chris Crickshanks, our Native Aquatic Staff Specialist, which I didn't even know your title till today. We're in the same building. <laughs> Kim is visiting from our Western Region location, which is also here in Reno. She's our Western Region Supervising Biologist. So Fisheries Biologist. Fisheries Biologist, mm-hmm. yes. So welcome both of you. I told you, I warned you guys, I <laughs> tend to butcher titles. Probably going to mess it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's exciting to have you guys here because we are going to be talking about our Marlette Lake broodstock spawning program, which is always exciting to get people up to. So could one of you, we finished up a few weeks ago, explain what we did up at Marlette Lake? Sure. So um, Marlette is everybody's favorite volunteer program project to go on because it's an amazingly beautiful setting. It's Marlette Lake is... Uh, sits above Lake Tahoe on the uh, east side of Lake Tahoe, and it's a high mountain lake in the, uh, it's a Nevada State Park, um, the Lake Tahoe, part of the Lake Tahoe State Park. And uh, in that lake, we have a wild broodstock of trout that the Nevada Department of Wildlife, since the uh, mid-60s, has managed as a, as a brood source for uh, all different types of trout, uh, not all different times, types. We have uh, uh, rainbow trout and Lahontan cutthroat trout in there. Uh, there's also brook trout that are um, just a self-sustaining wild population in the lake that um, back in the late 1800s, the Nevada Fish and Wildlife Fish and Game Commission actually utilized the brook, brook trout up in Marlette as they would take eggs from from those fish. So, oh, nice. since the late 1800s, it's been utilized as a as a brood source by yeah. Nevada. When you say brood source, for those of you like me who don't have the biology background, what exactly does that mean? So basically, it's a source of of trout eggs for us. So we have a number of hatcheries throughout the state, and Marlette Lake is uh, you have. Uh, a population of fish living in the lake, and every spring, those fish, the spring spawning fish, uh, um, uh, need to spawn. And so, trout are stream obligate spawners. Rainbow and cutthroat trout are stream obligate spawners. So, every spring, you know, they try and run up the tributary, the main tributaries of Marlette Lake, and uh, we capture those fish as they as they run up. And we can kind of go into the details of it later. But uh, we um, take the eggs, squeeze the eggs out of the females and fertilize them and take those fertilized eggs back to our hatcheries where they're reared up, um, generally to a catchable size. So they're in our hatchery system for about a year. And then after they're uh, raised up to size, then we stock them into waters all across Nevada for uh, recreational fishing. Nice. So that's really important to our stocking program then. A lot of these trout make up our the trout we put in bodies of water across Nevada. Yeah, no, it's a it's a great source for us. It's a reliable source that we always have access to. We don't 
we have lots of different sources of of eggs in our hatcheries. We we raise brown trout and um, tiger trout and different different varieties of rainbow trout. Um, we have to because because of the way um, we we need to have fish to stock throughout Nevada starting in March all the way through November. So you have to have catchable fish that are ready to go all throughout the year. So so that's why you have to have different strains that are, um, you know, they, they get to size at different times of year. So there's a lot of different variety of, of trout that we raise in our hatcheries. Um, but the, the Marlette, the Tahoe strain that we that we raise up in Marlette is, you know, a reliable, um, large source of eggs for us. Nice. Very it's important. crazy just yeah. how much goes into it. And if I can, uh, Kim was talking about sort of the, the background of Marlet Lake, and I think the, the sort of backstory of Marlet Lake is, is pretty fascinating. Um, first and foremost, it isn't a lake, a natural lake. It is a, it's a reservoir. Um, and the whole history side is, is, is pretty cool. It was actually built in 1873. The dam was built at uh, Marlet Lake. Um, why was it built? because uh, during that time period was uh, the roaring times of the Comstock Lode mining uh, in Virginia City, and uh, they had a severe lack of both water for Virginia City and timber. Um, timber used uh, to create the, the square sets in the mines. Um, so uh, they got some engineers, they built a dam on Marlette Lake and through a, a pretty intricate um, system of, of flumes and siphons they they took water from marlet lake in the carson range down through washoe valley and up mount davidson to virginia city um which at the time was a pretty pretty significant significant engineering feat um the lake was uh purchased by the state of nevada in 1963 and our spawning activities began there the following year in 1964 originally we had uh mostly uh as Kim said, we had some brook trout in there, and we used to spawn, back in the early days, we did some fall spawning of brook trout. But we introduced cutthroat trout in Marlette Lake, and we used cutthroat trout um, to stock Pyramid Lake at the time because the Nevada Department of Wildlife at that time was in charge of management of Pyramid Lake, which is no longer the case. So for a, n a number of years, we used Marlette Lake for a brood source for cutthroat trout, and, and like I said, predominantly for Pyramid Lake. And Walker Lake, too. And Walker Lake. Thank you, Kim. Mm -hmm. um, and, and as Kim was just talking about, we reintroduced Tahoe Rainbow Trout to Marlette in 1984, um, similarly to meet the demand for, for rainbow trout statewide. So um, it's a pretty neat backstory, the, the historical side of the, of the reservoir. Yeah, the, the transition there from um, cutthroat, the cutthroat broodstock, because it was, you know, as, as Chris was saying, it was managed as a cutthroat broodstock for a lot of years. Um, when the Pyramid tribe took over management responsibilities of Pyramid, there was, we didn't ha have a need for all those cutthroat trout, but we did have a need for rainbow trout for recreational stocking across the state. And so they kind of converted the broodstock from cutthroat to rainbow uh, back in the, in the 80s to, you know, to meet that need for the for the state trout needs. Yeah, and why'd they pick Marlette? That's what like, I'm... Is it just the <coughs> cold water that they well, looked at or location or yeah, what back it? you know back back then they were they were trying all different um, reservoirs. They had um, 
all different lakes and reservoirs. They were tr they were trying to find places where we could establish wild brood stocks, and so it wasn't just you know Marlette was what they wanted. They were they were they were looking at different reservoirs and lakes all throughout Nevada. But when the state park was when when that property was purchased and Marlette was there, it was just you know it was the timing was good and it was just an obvious um, this would be a great broodstock lake and so they just it remains they just relatively started cool, it up. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. cool water year round you yeah. know a lot of our other lakes and reservoirs throughout the state um, you know will maintain cool temperatures spring and fall and they'll get really hot in the summertime but Marlette you know it's it's over a thousand feet above the surface of, of Lake Tahoe um, it stays relatively cool and and really hospitable for trout year round. Mm -hmm. And there's only just a, a a few tributaries that are um, that are available in Marlette for the fish to spawn. So they're all all of the yeah. fish are focused to. There's like one main tributary where we have our spawning channel, and that's where most of the trout are. Uh, they're trying to move up that that tributary to spawn. So you know the the limited number of tributaries is also is also a um, know yeah they concentrated Worked the well. fish down mm -hmm. yeah and that's a really good point right there and i was talk actually talking to ashley yesterday about this my um, mind was blown <laughs> and <laughs> and as, as kim was saying there uh trout are are stream obligate spawners um what does that mean is that trout um almost all trout species need a stream or a river type habitat to spawn and they cannot spawn in still water um a lot of people don't know that and and we get asked here at the department of wildlife all the time you guys have the, these trout hatcheries throughout the state. How come you don't have bass hatcheries? How, how come you don't have bluegill hatcheries? Um, the reason why we don't is because a lot of those warm water species, bass and bluegill and catfish, they're able to spawn naturally in still water. Mm -hmm. um, trout or not, trout, trout need, need moving water, a stream or a river to spawn. And, and you know, if they're in a lake or reservoir environment, they'll, in the springtime, at least for rainbows and cutthroats, they'll they'll swim up those streams to to perform those spawning obligations, and and that's why we raise trout because um, a lot of the waters that we stock throughout the state of Nevada are still waters, um, lakes and reservoirs, and they're they're not able to reproduce naturally in those waters, so that's why we stock them year after year. Mm -hmm. um, versus bass, you throw bass in a reservoir and once, and and they're good to go forever. They'll just keep spawning year after year. That's so interesting to me. I don't think a lot of people realize. Well, clearly they don't because we're asked all the time <laughs> mm -hmm. why we have so many trout hatcheries in Nevada. So it's pretty and cool. And so then in, in six, well, I guess it was 1964. Yes. Is that, that's when they built the original spawning station that we use now. It's been redone over the years. but So they just picked that stream. And so that's the same location for since the 60s. Yeah, so, so Trelease Creek, we call it, mm -hmm. um, is the main tributary. Um, and, you know, in the creek when, you know, we started developing that, the spawning channel, they, uh, you know, back in the 60s, they shorted up with timber. And mm -hmm. so um, basically we've created, you know, from, from the mouth of the tributary, you know, up into the stream, we've created a, a series of different pens. So... Um, I guess I can talk about kind of the, you know. Yeah, it's going to be hard to explain. Yeah. It <laughs> is going to be a little hard to you explain. You could so. uh, plug to our Facebook. Yeah, There's we'll a video on our Facebook videos, yeah. we posted the other day that shows the setup. Okay, so. yeah. So at, at the very bottom, you have a, like a one-way trap. So the fish, as they move up into the stream, they push through a little door that brings them into, you know, a big holding area. 
And so, you know, most of the fish come in in the nighttime, you know. And uh, every morning we'll go out there and then we'll sort all of the fish, separate them by cutthroat and rainbow, and then males and females. And then we, we have, you know, different pens, um, you know, upstream of, the, of that holding pen where you can have, you know, the male rainbows, the female rainbows, the male cutthroat, female cutthroat. And, uh, you know, when we go up there to spawn every year, we're there for about three weeks because, um, you know, we're looking to get usually at least 800,000 rainbow eggs, usually around 70,000 to 100,000 uh, bow cut um, eggs and um, a number of cutthroat eggs as well. So, you know, it takes us a while to, to uh, get enough fish to get that many eggs. So um, usually eggs. twice a week we'll have enough fish in the pens where we can, um, we can do an egg take and that's when we have a lot of volunteers agency personnel go up there and we do the uh, we do an egg take where we'll you know uh, take those fish we anesthetize them you know kind of relax them so they're easier to spawn and we'll uh, you know express the eggs out of the female and the milt out of the males fertilize those eggs and uh, so usually twice a week we're taking um, a load of eggs back to the hatchery and it's a really interesting process, but I want to get into it a lot more. We have a lot more to go over, but we are out of time for the first half of the show. So we'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Nevada Wild. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today, we are talking about our Marlette Lake fish spawning project. And Kim, you gave a really good summary of what we do up at Marlette Lake every year. And we just finished this year's uh project a few weeks ago um and this is something you said it we all look forward to getting up there and volunteers can do this too yeah this is this is a favorite project for you know agency people but it's also a very popular volunteer project and it's a project where we we need lots of volunteers especially on those days when we're taking eggs um it's you know, there's a lot of people up there and there's a lot of jobs to be done. So we do tap into our volunteer program. Um, it's great because Marlette is, it's a high mountain lake and you can't drive in there unless you're signed up as a volunteer for us on the Marlette project. Nice and we drive you in there and you can help us with the project and get to see this beautiful location. Um, and uh, so we just give people different jobs and they, you know, they a lot of times they can get into the spawning channel with us and you know, clean the eggs and, you know, help us spawn. And it's a, it's just a really unique, fun opportunity for people to get up close and personal with. There's not a better place to be in late June on a yeah on a beautiful day than at 7,800 feet at sitting on Marlette Lake and having lunch. Yeah, yeah. I was places say, you could be. Yeah, one, you're at Marlette Lake outside all day long. And then two, you're, it's really cool. It really is cool to see. And it's fun. You learn a lot. I had no idea we did that. I never understood the process before getting up there. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really fun project. I would encourage people to think about that come late May. You know, usually we're going in there, um, you know, right around Memorial Day. 
and we're usually up there for like three weeks. So, um, you know, I'll have people check in on our website in mid-May and, you know, put in their, uh, I, don't, I don't know what the process is for the volunteer program, but, you know, they yeah, sign they up, they sign, sign up. up for the project yep. mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, we'll get people up there. Yeah, there's only so many slots, right? Because we all have to drive in. Yes. And so then you have to sign up for the day and the time that you are available. And mm -hmm. Usually we'll yeah. bring about, you know, maybe five or six volunteers on spawn mm -hmm. day. And then you have all the agency people, right. hatchery people as well. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I think another pretty astounding fact is this, you know, relatively small operation, you know, three weeks every year is responsible for uh, rainbow trout stocking throughout the entire state of Nevada. Um, the the eggs and subsequent fish that we get from Marlette Lake are stocked throughout Nevada in the north and the south, um, east and west, in dozens upon dozens and dozens of waters. Um, I mean, the the urban urban ponds down in Vegas, urban ponds up north, everywhere. It's just it's pretty astounding the number of fish that we're able to produce from this this one operation. Yeah. yeah. So the, these fish that come up, they're 7,800 feet. There's no problem with taking them all the way down to Las Vegas where it's like a thousand degrees and. No, that's th that's I mean the thing that biologists love about the Tahoe strain rainbow is they're just they're. Hardy. They're kind of plastic i mean they just <laughs> do really well in in all different situations you know urban ponds you're putting them in there and they're getting stocked out right away so right. it's not like they're you know living in urban mm -hmm. ponds for years but right. uh, they, you know you put them into like wild horse and south fork and topaz and you know these fish a lot of them get caught out right away but some of them will carry over and you know get to pretty big sizes so um, the biologists really love them. They do well in, in a lot of different um, situations, and um, so they work really well for us. Yeah, and then we take some of the fish from the hatchery and actually take them back up to Marlette, right? Absolutely. How yep. many oh, fish go back that. up there? Do you guys know? Usually about um, 8,000 mm -hmm. a year. Um, uh, interestingly, the the source of the Tahoe rainbows, when we, when we first established that broodstock up there, um, we collected wild rainbow trout, naturalized rainbow trout from Lake Tahoe that would run up the Tahoe tributaries, kind of an incline village. Oh, yeah. And we took those fish and, you know, spawned them just much like we do up in Marlette, took those eggs back to the hatchery. And that's, that is the source for developing that brood stop wow. stock up at Marlette. So yeah. we continue that to this day. So most of the fish that we put back into Marlette year after year are fish that we spawn from Marlette, but we will also try every year to, to um, get some of those naturalized rainbows out of Lake Tahoe and kind of kind of give them give give genetic a little boost of, yeah. of genetic diversity into yeah. that brood stock. So it's not we're not just recycling the same fish every year. Right, and, and we'll stock both both rainbows and cutthroats back into Marlette to main maintain both of those brood stocks so yeah. so some of the the cutthroats that we uh, produce from marlet will go straight back into marlet along with um you know some of the other waters that we put our cutthroat in or a lot of the the high mountain lakes in in the rubies um and some other um not not quite as extensive as our rainbow program but still still really cool yeah wild horse and south fork and topaz they do really well in those big reservoirs and the biologists like the bow cuts because you know, they tend to grow a little bit more. They put more energy into growth than reproduction because they're a, they're a hybrid. The so. what cuts? What Bow are cuts. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, this is also an uh, interesting kind of evolution of, of Marlette. We used to, so 
Um, using bow cuts is not anything new to the department. We've always done that, but we used to get our bow cuts from uh, Big Springs Reservoir and Catnip, which are, you know, up in Humboldt and, and uh, Washoe County, uh, way up north on the Sheldon. And we would take um, cutthroat from Catnip and um, uh, rainbows from, from Big Springs. We'd bring them together and we would get our bow cuts that way. Well, over a decade ago, Big Springs kind of dried up and we lost it. It was a great fishery, grew really big fish. Um, it dried up because it was, um, you know, it was spring fed and right. for whatever reason those those springs dried up and so we lost that ability to uh, get our bow cuts from from that source so we looked at marlette and said you know we we can put cutthroat into marlette again and then we would have rainbows and cutthroat right there and we could make our bow cuts from marlette so that's what we did that's been i don't know maybe 20 years now yeah. 15 15, 20 Time's years. Time's flying. Yeah, I know. It goes really fast. <laughs> 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 and not to get too in the weeds, but we make both bow cuts and cut bows. Um, Which bow you taught me this yesterday. They're, they're, both, <laughs> they're both a hybrid between a cutthroat and a rainbow. A bow cut is a male rainbow female cutthroat, and a cut bow is a male cutthroat crossed with a female rainbow. Right. Yes. So, the, so the male name goes first. The male name comes first, whether it's a bow cut or a cut bow. And the main reason we do that is the hybrid bigger so they're they just put their energy into growing big yes. so fishermen yep. love them nice. yeah okay i was and gonna biologists love them they, they tend to do a fantastic yeah. in a lot of our big waters them. like like south fork and wild horse um they do just fantastic in some of those reservoirs and we were saying how we stock all of these bodies of water with cutthroat rainbow bow cuts and when we were up at marlette there were some big fish up there there so were. There's always they're been. They're doing good. Yeah. Marlette's always grown some, some really nice fish. I remember I grew up in Carson City, and we used to hike up there when I was a kid, and I'd walk along Marlette and see these huge cutthroat that would swim by. So um, especially the cutthroat get really, really big in, in Marlette. And um, it's always been close to fishing for, you know, when mm -hmm. I was growing up for years and years. Well, in 2006, we decided to open Marlette Open open it up to fishing. Um, so we implemented a, a regulation of uh, its catch and release, artificial lures, single barbless hooks, and the season is open July 15th through the end of September. So Just it's now open, open now. It yeah. opened this week. Yeah. Here we are recording this on the 18th. So mm. Marlette's been open for three days now. So you have uh, from now until the end of September, um, as, as Kim and Ashley said, it just grows some huge fish Great one of the fish. one of the largest rainbow trout i've ever caught in my life was at marlette um it's fantastic which is a good good segue if you want to go fish marlette um how do you do it and how do you get there um as was stated a little bit earlier uh you can't drive to marlette unless you're one you know a volunteer in one of mm -hmm. our spawning operations which you should sign up for which you should sign <laughs> up for um marlette lake is accessed uh from spooner lake um, Spooner Lake State Park, uh, which is right off of Highway 28 um, by Spooner Summit. You can park in the Spooner Lake parking lot, and there's a trail there. Um, to get to Marlette Lake, it's about a five-mile hike in. Um, you can either hike, uh, take a mountain bike, or horseback to get there. Um, it's, it's a real popular recreational area. It's uh, part of the Flume Trail, which is a world-renowned mountain biking trail. Um, so it takes a little bit of effort to get there, uh, but I think the reward once you get there with the fish that it produces um, is pretty fantastic. 
sounds great i yeah. want to get up there i'm already like actually as you were talking no offense i was tuning you out a little <laughs> wow <laughs> because i was like Thanks, when can Ashley. i go up there and how am i gonna <laughs> plan this out <laughs> so fishing though what are some good techniques to catch some fish up there uh we see a lot of uh fly fishermen going up there um and a really effective way to fish marlet lake is from a float tube um Ooh. Float tubes, especially deflated, are, are really easy to carry in a backpack um, if you got a you know a small pump. Um, float tubing along the shorelines can be really productive because it's it's a pretty deep lake. It's got a max depth of about 44 feet, but the um, the shorelines are pretty steep. Um, mm-hmm. Float tubes are great. Um, any of your your still water fly patterns, uh, nymphs, pheasant tails, uh, copper johns, hares ears prince nymphs uh that giant rainbow i caught was actually on a uh on a midge mm-hmm. um just just uh blow an indicator um you know for the for the folks uh you know a crocodile a, a single barbless hook crocodile um can be really good up there but yeah all your still water traditional uh fly patterns are going to be fantastic woolly buggers use a woolly bugger yeah. Mm-hmm. Blue buggers catch everything all the there. time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And and you also have the opportunity to catch some really nice brook trout. Right. You know, a lot of people, you know, go up there thinking about the rainbows and the cutthroat, but um, some of the brook trout in there are just big and beautiful. They're like footballs. It's, yeah. it's the biggest brook trout I've ever seen in Nevada. Really? Consistently yeah, is that Marlette big. Lake. They're giant. And they're beautiful. Oh, they're man. beautiful. Yeah. Check out our cover of our fishing guide. This is from true. Last year. Yeah. Exactly. If you <laughs> look at the co- our cover <laughs> of our current fishing picture. fishing guide, yeah. it's a it's a brook trout from Marlette Lake. Yeah, yep. very pretty. So, and then we talked about Marlette, but really, buy your fishing license, get out there to all these bodies of water because there's a lot to fish, and um, and it's important too to bring in these. Like, I mean, our stocking program provides for recreational fishing in Nevada. And then on top of that, we're giving people an opportunity to fish, but then they're also buying their licenses, which brings in money. And that goes back into our fisheries and all of the other species we manage. Yeah, it allows us to do our jobs and manage these fisheries and, you know, get these eggs and pays for, you know, our hatchery program. And, you know, it just kind of, it's, it's a cycle. It really is. Yep. Well, thank you both. I feel like I've learned so much. I need to almost like process this for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you both for being here. Absolutely. A lot yeah, of good information. And right. thank you everyone for listening. That does it for this week's Nevada Wild. again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife. <laughs> <laughs>